We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots. Huge. On the line dancing floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. You will drive yeah. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And happy, happiest season week, Lindsay. It's happiest season week on Hulu and America and the world. <laughs> America finally gets the gay rom-com they have so desired, streaming exclusively on Hulu. Although I have to say, as somebody who likes Thanksgiving more than Christmas, sorry, it's mm -hmm. kind of frustrating. I get that it. All... I get it. I get okay, it. But like all of these Christmas things come out on Thanksgiving and I get it. But I'm also kind of like it kind of skips over Thanksgiving. Like I know we're not doing Thanksgiving this year. I'm certainly not. But like I just feel like then we get all this Christmas junk and it's like where's the Thanksgiving junk? You know? I was thinking about this because I was like, Happy a Season would make more sense if it were just a Thanksgiving movie. But Thanksgiving movie is less international. You can't, it's less universal right. because it's so American. Right. That's what I'm saying. If you were like, I'm going to make a holiday movie, you would sway it's towards be Christmas. Christmas because it's easier and there's like more involved. But I'm just saying because of that, we miss out. It's like somebody who has their birthday on a holiday. Their birthday gets steamrolled by the holiday. Exactly. Thanksgiving gets steamrolled exactly. by Christmas content. You know, like I'm getting a Tanache Christmas album when I'm like, where's the Tanache Thanksgiving album? I would love a Tanache <laughs> dance track called Cornucopia. You know? Oh my God. Stuffing, parentheses, featuring dressing. Yes. You know, like, oh my God. Although, so although good. Thanksgiving is one of our most problematic American holidays. So like it is True. hard to creatively interpret it in ways that yeah. are appropriate. You know, uh, Christmas less so because Santa's involved mm -hmm. and he's, he's a non-problematic figure. <laughs> When it comes to Thanksgiving and I'm like wanting yeah. to watch Thanksgiving movies, there's sort of a drought of, of Thanksgiving movies. There is. You kind of just have to, 
you kind of have to like dredge through the bottom of the barrel and it's like yeah. you'll, you'll take what you can get because really yeah. it's like home for the holidays which i do watch every year and i do yeah. earnestly love but it's kind yeah. of the only one what's up planes trains and automobiles i don't really care for that okay movie. i thought of one Pieces of, pieces, of say, of pieces of April. I was going to say, Pieces of April is the only other one. Pieces of April. Pieces of April is the only other one. And it's like, the... I don't really want to watch it. Also, it's kind of one of the it's only... Patty. It's kind of one of the only movies in which Katie Holmes is doing some acting. If you want to catch mm-hmm. Katie Holmes acting, it's one of the few. And it was one of Patty Clarkson's, you know, biggest Oscar plays. She didn't win it, but it was one <laughs> of her biggest Oscar plays. Only the true heads know that it was one of her biggest Oscar place <laughs> i understand why there are not many thanksgiving movies but it still bums me out that it's like i guess right. i'll watch happiest season but that's not even <laughs> a thanksgiving movie like that's the issue like it's a bummer that's still a christmas movie anyways that's all i'm saying i just feel like that's all thanksgiving gets you know passed over <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh what do we have here you're listening to who's there our weekly call-in show where we take your questions comments and concerns at 619 who them we're in like weirdo moods because it's thanksgiving and we're not really gonna do anything because so, i'm on antibiotics he's <laughs> on antibiotics <laughs> let's start with comments who weekly i'm screaming gaga polaroid gaga polaroid Crunch, crunch. How did we forget Gaga Polaroid? When Gaga was the creative director for Polaroid in 2010, honestly, it was like almost early and late for her to be doing that, which is really iconic that she figured that out, you know? It was early for an A-lister to become a creative director. It was late for Polaroid. For Polaroid. Polaroid was already basically on fire at that And I point. remember you have this here, and it's truly insane. Is She <laughs> posted a picture of herself holding a business card as if Lady Gaga's like punching the clock nine to five. It's a Polaroid business card, and it says Lady Gaga Creative Director on it. And then it has other information, which I assume is the address of the Polaroid office. She crossed offices. it all out. But she crossed it out. Lady Gaga's not going to the office. Like, I'm sorry. Don't try and tell me that this is your... Bu- I'm going to send a um, piece of business mail to this address and get you. You know what I mean? Like, get out of here. What's so funny to me about the crossing out is that, like, Polaroid is iconically in Minnetonka, Minnesota, and she, like, crossed out everything on the address. Except, except Minnesota. The, except Minnesota. It's like, Gaga, we know it's Minnetonka, and we know you're not doing anything in Minnesota unless you're doing a tour there. I know. Do you think they gave her, like, Lady Gaga at Polaroid.com, like, just for fun? Like, that, like they gave her an email? Probably. What happened with them? They, like, broke up with her. I I found the story from 2014, and it was from, like, Ad Age. This is from some, like, PR Newswire. It says, Polaroid splits with creative director Lady Gaga. (laughs) This is four years later. Yeah. Polaroid has parted ways with pop star Lady Gaga, who served as the company's creative director for a specialty line of Polaroid imaging products since 2010. When they reached out to their PR firm, Polaroid's PR firm, they wrote back to PR Week, Polaroid is really not working with Lady Gaga any longer. Everyone has gone their separate ways. And that's all they said. But that's like the thing where it's like, of course she's not. Like, it was for like a specialty line. But that's the issue with calling these people creative directors as if they work there and that the press is going to follow and be like, does Lady Gaga still work at Polaroid? And they're like, no, it was an advertising campaign. Like, it was brief. And, like, we're keeping in touch. We have fond feelings about Lady Gaga, but she's not. This all made me remember, and I had to look up the specific uh-huh. details, but I think we mentioned it briefly last time. Ooh, loud siren. We have... Was that me? Ooh, sorry. Yeah. Do you remember 
when Alicia Keys was the creative director for BlackBerry for a brief amount of time, and then she tweeted from an iPhone, from an iPhone. Yeah. and people were like, ooh, <laughs> this is in 2013. And then she blamed yeah. hacking? Yeah. Like, she blamed hacking. Mm-hmm. She said, I've been hacked. Isn't that just crazy? It's the easiest way out. I'm sorry I was hacked. What are people going to do? Prove that you weren't? They're not going to do that. Sorry I didn't tweet on my BlackBerry I was hacked. As somebody who tweeted on a BlackBerry for a good four to five years, me personally or whatever, I can Mm -hmm. tell you it's not fun. It's just not fun. It's not enjoyable. I would also tweet on my on my iPhone if I had a secret iPhone in 2013, even though I was a creative director for BlackBerry, you know? Lindsay texting 404404, <laughs> listening to Lady Gaga's The Fame. Loving it, girl. <laughs> I had a BlackBerry Pearl with the little trackball. Me and Stephen Avalos each had our little oh, BlackBerry Oh, I know pearls. you and Stephen Avalos had and a BlackBerry Pearl, had... and I was jealous of everyone with the BlackBerry we... Pearl. We actually had Twitter apps on our phones. We didn't even Ugh. do the texting. We had Twitter apps. Twitter apps. Wow. Yeah. I was very just, I was just iPhone, but the BlackBerry still seemed cool. BBM was still cool to me. It was early iPhone, so even if it was an iPhone, the BlackBerry still had a little cachet up until maybe Right. And also, you're complaining about blue bubbles. BBM, you couldn't even access without a BBM, a BlackBerry. (laughs) Blue (laughs) bubbles. To go back to Lady Gaga and Alicia Keys, I'm having this mental image of Dolly Parton's 9 to 5 playing. And you know the opening where it's showing, like, the women walking around town? Yeah, yeah. Like, just showing, like, a lot of women walking around town as 9 to 5 is playing. And then, like, in the middle of the song, like, working 9 to 5, when it pops into the chorus, it just shows Lady Gaga and Alicia Keys still asleep. <laughs> working 12 to 1. <laughs> That's, like, Lady Gaga hours, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah. next call. Next call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Uh, long time, long time. I just had to call and let you know that collagen is absolutely a them. It is uh, the most abundant protein in your body, makes up about 30% of your bo- of of your total protein content, um, and uh, it's an extracellular matrix protein, just like hyaluronic acid, which I would argue is the who between those two proteins. Um, I also am a scientist and not a doctor, um, but I think that eating collagen is a scam because it's everywhere in your body and it doesn't make sense that a little bit that you eat would magically make all of your wrinkles go away. Okay. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Will I still be eating it? Probably. That's the sad thing. I hear what you're saying. Slurp, slurp. I understand what you're saying. And yet I'm over here like, yum, yum, yum. Put this powder in my smoothie or whatever, you know? You have that matcha powder, don't you? I know. It's good. It's like collagen plus matcha. To be fair, it's also protein. It's like essentially protein powder mm. that's like, I have collagen in me too. And it's like, yes, it's probably bullshit. All The most important thing about this call is that hyaluronic acid is the who to collagen is the them. That's what she says. In the world of extracellular matrix proteins, hyaluronic acid, who, collagen, them. I love it. It makes sense because hyaluronic acid was this like trendy acid. We were all like, ooh, yeah. hyaluronic acid. But she was like, collagen's been there. It's been here, you know? Mm-hmm. It's in our mm-hmm. bodies. Wow, mm-hmm. okay. I love scientists too. After the scientist called, I Googled, like, is collagen a scam? And, like, every website says it's one of those things that's the classic 
fad health thing where, I know, where every is. write-up says every it write-up is. says not enough studies have been done on this to say anything definitively but your body probably doesn't absorb much of it whenever you eat it so now jen aniston in four years is gonna have to part ways with vital proteins and they're gonna be like yeah we don't work with jennifer aniston anymore <laughs> we went our separate ways and also, there will be a new protein that's already in our body that we're trying exactly. to eat as a trend. So what is the next protein or thing that's already in our body that we'll try and consume? In terms of extracellular matrix proteins? Yeah. Elastin. Oh! Elastin's next. Okay, babe. Elastin let's, get, let's start a company. Next. This, this scientist who called us, call back and we'll get together and make some elastin or whatever. Elastins, in contrast to collagens, give elasticity to tissues, allowing them to stretch when needed and return to their original state. I want to eat that. I'm I sorry. I want to eat that. Hello, sharks. That is my business. Hello, sharks. I'm looking at you, Barbara. I'm looking at you, Barbara. <laughs> Barbara loves elastin. Okay, can we move on? When Ruth Wilson played Mrs. Wilson, she was playing her grandma. Crunch, crunch. When Got Ruth it. Wilson played Mrs. Wilson, she was playing her grandma, who was a woman who found out that her husband had a secret family. Ah, uh, okay, great. And also sad. This is what she said to Entertainment Weekly when she was promoting the show in 2019. Entertainment Weekly, how much of the story did you know growing up? Ruth Wilson. It wasn't until I was in my late teens that I found out one part of the story. My grandmother wrote the memoir in two parts, and the first part was about growing up and meeting Alec, and then discovering on his deathbed that there was another wife. That's like a modern-day, so, like, Gone Girl book t that's written, you know? Yeah. So it's based on her grandmother's memoirs. Okay, interesting. That's why Ruth Wilson played Mrs. Wilson, and was so confusing to me, apparently. But there's a good story behind it. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the best candidate to receive the coronavirus 2019 vaccine. He has mass crossover appeal, uh, WWE, dads love him, moms think he's hot. Um, a lot of kids grew up on his movies like uh, The Tooth Fairy and, and the one where that, that child has like a she's very allergic maybe that's also the tooth i i don't know but he's still working everyone knows him he's pretty apolitical um but also like cuddly and um i i think people would go for that i i think i think he's the one you know i think i have i think this is what he was sent here to do this is his mission inject Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, also Moana. So like Disney liberals love him. Okay, anyway, um um thank you. That's that's it. I'm sorry. Um got a lot up. Um hi, this is Sasha, uh way too frequent caller and um just listening to you guys trying to figure out who the like cultural divide celebrity the like non-cultural divide celebrity that should get the coronavirus vaccine is and it's dolly parton there was literally a whole podcast about how everyone from every walk of life loves her and she already sponsored it so dolly parton can just like 
get it on national TV. And then she can go on the conservative talk shows and talk about it. And then she can go on, like, your podcast and talk about it. Crunch, crunch, we have Okay, guys, thinking about um, what celebrity could could live get the vaccine and then everyone would do it. I hate, hate, hate that my mind went to this place. And please listen to my explanation, but it's Ellen. Because the people who hate Ellen are generally um, the people who are already going to get the vaccine, I think. You know, um, I think that it's like in the more progressive circles where people secretly like think, not so secretly think of Ellen's evil. And I think that it might be circles where people are more weary of the vaccine, where they literally like listen to everything that Ellen has to say. And so I think that Ellen getting it publicly will convince the people that it needs to, and it won't harm anyone else. So it might be the most beneficial. All right, um, crunch, crunch, I hate this, by Carrie Underwood. They gotta have Carrie Underwood take the vaccine after she sings the Sunday football song or something. It's crunch, crunch. Are you ready for a vaccine? <laughs> the vaccine gets like hiked like a football into the arms of like a football player and he like takes it himself. So our options are Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Great. Dolly Parton. Duh, that's a duh. Ellen, because Confusing as the caller reasons. said, because <laughs> the people who ate Ellen are going to get the vaccine anyway. She's an evil contrarian, so mm-hmm. if she does the vaccine, it'll prove that even, you know, the haters can hate, but also can get vaccinated. And Carrie Underwood, the person who really hit the nail on the head with these calls that I'm not going to play, but we can talk about. Someone called and was like, Trump. The answer is Trump. Oh, <laughs> and it no. was like, look, smarty pants, you're right, but we're trying to <laughs> look, have a good sir. time here. We're trying to have a good time here. We're trying to say it's Carrie Underwood after she sings the football song, obviously. <laughs> Hey guys, just needed to let you know that Pedro Pascal did not play Pablo Escobar on Narcos. He was one of the DEA agents alongside Boyd Holbrook, who is also a who, as has been discussed previously. But Pablo Escobar was played by Wagner Mora, who had to learn Spanish to play Pablo Escobar, which is pretty cool. Um, Anyway, that's all crunch crunch first of all love these crystal clear calls that we're getting when people are like emailing us clips to our email oh my god it's so clear even with a mask on we got multiple calls about this which is to be expected when you comment on a popular netflix show that i guess everyone watches but me and Lindsay. Mm -hmm. anyway i said pedro pascal was pablo escobar because all i knew about narcos was that it was, it was about, about Pablo, Pablo Escobar, Escobar yeah. and that Pedro Pascal was the star. But turns out, even though Pedro Pascal is in 30 of the 30 episodes, and the person who plays Pablo Escobar is only in 20, Pedro Pascal is not Pablo Escobar. Mm. He is the mm. DEA agent mm-hmm. that like investigates him, who's also based on a real person, a real DEA agent. Mm-hmm. I guess Pablo dies at the end of the second season, but then the show keeps going for one more season, and then they made a spinoff of the show, whatever. I'd never heard of Wagner before this, but like the caller said, he's a Brazilian actor. And when I looked him up after all these calls, I was like, oh, he's way themier than Pedro, actually, even though Pedro is the lead of the show. Demir many, many, in Brazil? Demir. In Brazil. He has like a billion Brazilian 
TV and film awards, tons yeah. of nominations. He's the only one who got nominated for Narcos also. He got a Golden Globe nomination for Narcos, mm-hmm. did not win, but he got a nomination. He was in this really popular telenovela called Tropical Paradise that had almost 200 episodes. And he was in these huge movies called Elite Squad. There are two of them. They were like huge hits. And there was this whole drama. I was like reading all about this drama because when the first one came out, it was leaked online before it came out. And like millions and millions and millions and millions of people watched it. But that made it a hit. Mm-hmm. And the sequel was like, guarded by the military it was such a big deal and he didn't want it to leak again and then the sequel ended up being a huge hit anyway anyway pedro who i basically only know as the mandalorian still do which by the way is very good Lindsay. i know you're never gonna watch the mandalorian but you have to watch the mandalorian no i think please. they're finally no stop gonna let him take stop. off his mask they you like pl- literally they like planted a seed Lindsay, that they might okay. take off his mask no i mean if okay, you I think i hope it. for the mandalorian i hope that they let him take off his fucking mask because i did read even though i don't watch the show that he <laughs> wanted them to let him take off the mask i did read that that he was like okay enough let me take off the mask please Please. But I did one more Google on him and I was yeah. like, oh God, I always do one more Google. I found his Reddit AMA. No. Not only did I find out that he's partly lived in San Antonio, saying oh. he's from Chile. Um, <gasps> someone was like, oh, I saw this thing on your Wikipedia that said that like your parents like opposed Pinochet and like were in this opposition movement. He was like, yeah. And he goes, they were involved in the opposition movement against the military regime, which really meant they were against crimes against other people because it was really a dangerous time. A lot of people who spoke their minds were disappearing and in danger. Mm. It was a very intense climate for many years. They tried to help some people and got caught. They snuck into the Venezuelan embassy in Santiago and claimed asylum after being in hiding for six months after finding out people were looking for them. You know, it's a very harrowing story. It's very cool. Anyway, so then he left and he kind of lived all over the world and ended up in San Antonio, whatever. I think he ended up in Los Angeles. The other person that the caller mentioned, we have talked about Boyd Holbrook. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring up Boyd Holbrook sooner than later, but like, I want to say like, never forget this, but honestly, forget it immediately. This is the number one thing you should forget is that he was engaged briefly to Elizabeth Olsen because they were in that movie together. Very good girls, huge flop, not very good, where she was in, she was alongside Dakota Fanning and he played this random hot guy that they fought over. Okay, we're talking about Wagner and it's like, oh, he like had to learn Spanish to like be Pablo Escobar and he won all these awards and it's like, Pedro has this like, very interesting history and it's like what is there to know about Boyd Holbrook he used to be engaged to Elizabeth Olsen he's been in other stuff but he but he whatever in Gone Girl he played a guy named Jeff but I already forgot who it was (laughs) (laughs) I saw on the list I'm like you know what else who's Jeff yeah you know what else he did what he was in the Quibi Fugitive he was the Quibi Fugitive oh wow that's such a sad like he was the Quibi Fugitive that's like such a sad thing to like know (laughs) yeah I know Anyway. anyway, okay, next call. Another Netflix call. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Medium time, long time. Um, I wonder if The Impossible is maybe charting on Netflix because of like a really affecting Unsolved Mysteries episode about the tsunamis in Japan. I don't know. It's kind of a reach, but I feel like the Unsolved Mysteries reboot is always on those top lists on netflix and so maybe that's the connection people just go like tsunamis and then let me watch more tsunamis i I don't know uh in any case uh, women don't belong in balloons it's so smart it's gotta be this has to be it i didn't watch this episode of unsolved mysteries i did it was so sad i that's that's why i skipped it you said skip it because it's too sad (laughs) the new drop of unsolved Sucked. or not as good as the first drop of unsolved. Okay, you're being less polite than I'm being. But I do love uh an intra okay, again talking about Netflix, an intra Netflix connection. Mm-hmm. But I wonder because it was this episode within a TV show, it's not like it served you the impossible after that episode. It just served you the next episode. 
but maybe it served you that after the full season of Unsolved. Or maybe it, it wasn't even serving. It was just Google. Because what you do when you watch Unsolved Mysteries is you Google. And if you're Googling that tsunami, the impossible is definitely going to come up as like the, the major dramatization of that event. So whether or not it was manually looking up stuff about the tsunami or if it was served, I don't really think is necessarily important. Just knowing that both of those things are on Netflix, I think, is is enough for me to say that's the reason. That's it. Hi, Bobby. I'm just getting caught up in a couple pods, and I just got to the story about like Brad Pitt, uh, the fake Brad Pitt catfishing and real bad Brad Pitt getting sued. And it reminded me of like my favorite episode of Doctor Phil. So I think I caught this when I was like homesick as like a teen or something, but. There was this girl, and she was obsessed with um, one of the dudes from Good Charlotte, and it was Jewel. And um, she was just like, like her life was like in like she was not able to live because she was so obsessed with him. And her mom brought her on Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil was like, "Listen, sweetie, like we got Joel here to tell you the truth." And like it cut to Joel, and there's like a video of him, and he was like, "Hey, like." totally understand you love good charlotte like definitely see where you're coming from but like we're never going to be together like i am married to nicole Richie. my wife is nicole we have children like it's just not going to happen for us but i appreciate your fandom and then it like the video ends and dr phil's looking all smug and he was like what do you have to say and it cuts to her and she is just like elated she's glowing and she's like he knows who i am now <laughs> that is i think definitely the same headspace um, that this lady is in who's doing Brad Pitt. She's like, he knows who I am now. Like, the ball is rolling. Like, we're going to get married. So, um, yeah, thank you for bringing up that memory. Um, crunch, crunch. This just tickled me because I was like, well, I have to find this clip. It was so, it was Good. impossible to find. I finally found the clip and it was someone recording their television in 2008. Joel Madden Obsessed. And it's just called Joel Madden Obsessed. It has 1,900 views. And it's, Dr. Phil just cuts to the video of Joel. Just listen. It's not the greatest quality audio because, again, it's 12 years old and filmed with an old camera filming a television, but listen. Someone has a special uh, message for you. Hey, Dr. Phil and Robin. Hi, Kirsten. I heard you're a, a big fan of uh, me and my band, Good Charlotte, and I just want to say thanks. Uh, but trust me, I'm a very boring boyfriend. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I'm a good guy. But when I'm home and I'm not out where you maybe see me working, doing music, I'm pretty boring. I'm online playing video games, I'm surfing the internet, and I think that you you would probably actually like my music less if you hung out with me at home and I bored you to death. So be glad you're not my girlfriend. Be glad, okay? But thank you for liking our music, and I hope that you get through your New Year's resolution successfully. And I'm rooting for you. I don't want to enable you, but I do want you to watch that a few times, okay? Okay? Yeah. And, you know, when she's sitting there saying, he said my name. <laughs> he said my name. He knows I exist. It just went to 60, 40. But that's the thing is he's, it's only encouraging her. Like, Dr. Phil's like, does this help, like, cure your obsession? And she's like, no, now he knows who I am. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> no. As the caller said, she is beaming after this video plays. 
A weird thing is, Dr. Phil did a weird performance with Joel Madden and the rest of Good Charlotte for, I think, Jimmy Kimmel two years ago. I just searched Good Charlotte, Dr. Phil, and you just get this weird video of them, like, performing together on The Late Show. And a tweet of Dr. Phil sharing a photo of them on stage together in front of an American flag. And Dr. Phil tweets, I'm here to rock this bitch. It's really strange. So they have some sort of long (laughs) connection, Dr. Phil and Joel Madden. I hate it, okay? I personally hate it. Let's move on to questions. You know, I've tried lots of things to get me to go to sleep in the past, you know, few years. Just a little bit of just a little bit of a push. We've got your melatonin, you got your various things, but I've found that of all the things, a little bit of C B D, a little bit of C B distillery. That's getting me goes a long that's way. That's getting me conked right out <laughs> and, and sleeping through the night. It really is. I love CB Distillery. They have not all their products are for sleep. Some that's are for true. relaxation, but like I love the sleep ones. They say shh. Those gummies they sent us. I was in a chill vibe all day when I took two of those. They're good ass gummies. <laughs> They're good ass gummies. No, you were. You were like you were like I took CBD earlier today and I feel chill. <laughs> I'm like not operating heavy machinery on those things. You know what I mean? I'm in a good place. Heavy machinery. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> You said heavy machinery, which is good. I like that. I know what you meant. (laughs) CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality, clean ingredients. They all caps the clean, which means you know it's clean. No fluff, no fillers, just effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm. 80% said CBD helped with pain after physical activity. And an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD, and I'm among those 90%. So if you struggle with a health concern and haven't found relief, make the change like we did to CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee, CB Distillery is the source to trust. Hooligans have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code WHO, W-H-O, for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com, code WHO, cbdistillery.com. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm calling about the whole Megan Barton Hansen, Scott Disick, E.L. Booker thing. Um, do we think Scott Disick is sitting around watching years old seasons of Love Island UK to find out what happened with this whole E.L. Megan situation? Or do we think they're like sitting around Lisa Rinna's dining room table talking about like how they got famous and E.L.'s talking about his time on Love Island UK? Um, like, what's the backstory there? Is that just how Yale opens a conversation? Um, Leanne Cuisine, Ian Greece. Bye. Thank you, Maeve, for calling. We opened the floodgates when one of our Brazilian hooligans called. I was like, don't forget, if you don't want to deal with actual phone calls, just email a voice note to what's read it yeah. up to at gmail.com. We've been getting more of them, I noticed. Did you notice, like, the uptick? That's why we know Maeve's name. Yeah, so thank you, Maeve, for calling. Did we talk about this in the regular episode this week, the Tuesday episode? Yes. Did Did we cut cut it? it? Yes, but it didn't mean we weren't going to talk about it, but it did make Bobby like fully miserable and you could tell. (laughs) Well, I just think there is... We're like, I hate this. The reason I hate it, I I really don't have anything against the Hamlin women because I don't know much about them. They are new, but I think there's something of like existentially traumatizing about the realization that this trend of famous hot people having daughters who become socialites in their way it just like will never stop and knowing that there's always going to be more of them 
it made me feel old in a way. And I think that might be what it was. It was like, oh my God, more. I thought we just had like the Hadids. The Hadids. Or it the also Twalies. is crazy. It's crazy that Lisa Rinna, housewife, Yolanda Hadid, housewife, both of them have these daughters. They both become models, right? Mm-hmm. The Hadids kind of like defy gravity by like becoming actually famous. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just like become famous. And now we have these Hamlins and people have to take them fucking seriously, which like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. people have to like, because they could also, you know, be genuinely successful and famous. But the point is also that people are like, the issue is that like Scott Disick, 37 years old, is dating one of the Hamlins who's 19 years old. Amelia. I forget which one. Which Amelia, Amelia. Who's 19 years old. It's really cynical of him too because clearly he's also doing it for the press. He wants to stay in the papers. She's desperate to get press because she's trying to create a career for herself. Yeah. It is like kind of like a win-win scenario. So like it is. I age, mean, age gap aside, if you think of it as like they're both two who's trying to get press, that's also kind of like, you know, it's that's the... They both the know exactly thing. what they're doing. Like the right. headlines prey on the fact that you you want to be like, look at this age gap. But really, it's like a 19-year-old who wants to be more famous and wants to have fun. What better way to do this than with someone who has a track record of making his yeah. younger girlfriends right. more famous? So And for getting press. Right, and for getting exactly. press. Right. And it wasn't funny or interesting until this happened. And now we can't not cover it because once Love well, Island gets involved... Whatever. How is Al Booker even involved in this? If you remember him, we talked about him because he is dating the other Hamlin sister. The older one. has been for a while. They've been Mm -hmm. dating for a while. They got together. Love Island, just like The Bachelor, is one of those shows that produces hot people who are vaguely famous, who go on to date either each other, other Bachelor people, other Mm -hmm. Love Island people, or they break out and they somehow start dating other semi-famous people, which is Mm -hmm. insane to me. That like, they like infiltrate the network or whatever. Totally. So they're dating. And so clearly these two had like a double date or like have been double dating, do know each other. And Scott Disick got like the rundown about like why Isle Booker is famous, which is like, I was on Love Island, blah, blah, blah. Megan Barton Hansen come up. If you remember Megan Barton Hansen, she's not Megan, Megan. Our listeners remember Megan Barton Hansen, (laughs) and they know the difference between Megan Barton Hansen and Megan Blake Irwin. This is not Megan Megan Blake Irwin. This is Megan Barton Hansen. Yes, and now that you know the difference between the two, you know that Megan Barton Hansen is the one with the hamster who is from Love Island. Exactly. She's the bisexual hamster owning, maybe former hamster owning woman from Love Island. Okay. Yes. That's literally the sum up. That's what we got. She gets a DM from Scott Disick. (laughs) It says, hey, I recently saw your program, Love Island. I have a few questions for you about it. Let me know when you're around to speak about it. It's very like a business proposal. And Mm -hmm. like this woman is all about business. So she's like. Hey, you, what do you want to know? X. Got it. Little kiss. And he said. (laughs) It's good. It's actually funny. I was was recently introduced to a beautiful man, beautiful man named Isle, named Isle. When I went to see what he's done on TV, of course, he's got to check up on him. I was astonished by your behavior to find you mugging him off and taking full advantage of his unbelievably beautiful sense of humor and vulnerability. I am extremely disturbed that anyone could be so disrespectful to somebody for no good reason. I would like to know if you'd be willing to write him an apology. (laughs) Okay. And then it gets worse. The fact that you told him he wasn't funny when, in fact, you are not Jim Carrey is absurd. (laughs) He spelled Jim Carrey wrong, by the way. 
You're like Jim Carrey. <laughs> okay. To him, the platonic ideal of a funny person is Jim Carrey because he is 37 years old. He is a 37-year-old straight man. Of course he loves Jim Carrey. He's like, you think you're the funniest man in the world. You're not Jim Carrey. Sorry, you're no Jim Carrey. It's like my dad. It's like my dad being like, you think you're the funniest man in the world. You're no Jonathan Winters. It's like, dad, you know, like my mom being like, oh, he thinks he's the hunkiest man in the world. He's no Robert Redford. It's just like so dated. So he's the perfect it's the perfect millennial it's the perfect millennial reference and so or gen x i'm not sure what he is he's 37 i guess he is a millennial technically before we move on to actually starting to analyze what his message the tone of his message because i think it's debatable but i think we're in agreement i was like why am i remembering some sort of connection between scott disick why is your brain breaking why is my brain breaking when i hear him saying jim carrey didn't i just see him talk about jim carrey somewhere i did in a way Last month, he went to a Halloween party, already a no-no, mm. with Amelia Hamlin, dressed yep. as Jim Carrey. He <laughs> loves Jim Carrey. He was dressed as Ace Ventura, Ace Ventura. Pet Detective, down to the hair, the little swoopy swoop on the hair. It's honestly a very good costume. He thinks Jim Carrey is funny. But my question to you, Lindsay, and again, I think we're in agreement here because we did this topic two days ago, three days ago. When I first read this, I was like... Wow, Scott Disick, what a prick. Known prick. Of course, it's a prick engaging in prick behavior. But then I read it again, and the more I read it, the more I'm like, this is really funny. This is, this is funny. There are ways to read this that it's like a joke, but then also it's a private message, and it does end with, please give an apology. So to me, it's like, he, I guess if he assumed she'd share it, which he should assume, he really should assume that. There are two reality stars talking to people. Right. He, he knew, knew it was going to be performative. So him saying, I was astonished by your behavior. Oh, no. I was recently introduced to a beautiful name, man named Isle. For all of his terrible qualities, at the end of the day, Scott Disick is a reality star first and a pretty good one right. at that. And so He's he knows how this stuff works. He knows how Megan right. Barton Hansen, another reality star, is going to respond to getting this DM. Of course right. she's going to right. share it. So like, right. I think that there's sort of like an unwritten nod between the two of them in this instance because both of them are getting press and both of them are getting like you know neutral terminator press it's like not bad or good it's just sort of funny it's just neutral terminator stop it stop it i think it's funny i don't think either one of them is actually mad at the other and megan barton hansen famously never forget it's not like she misses this guy she didn't she just decide she was done with men entirely she was like fuck men. i'm only dating women from now on she doesn't know she doesn't care about ale she doesn't care and like asking for an apology is funny it's like he was with it it reads to me like they're at a table together together. yeah and he was like i'm gonna dm her now and he's like no scott don't he's like yeah i'm gonna do it because another thing about scott disick to go into his psychology like he's so sad about getting older so what is more fun to him and like so sad satisfying to him than like being cool in front of younger hotter people like Al, you know like yeah he's like oh yeah, yeah. I'll, de- I'll yeah. dm her i'll dm her and he's yeah. like oh scott you're so cool you dressed up as ace ventura it's just when you take a step back the scenario presents itself very clearly and like yeah no yeah it is the funniest thing to come out of this relationship though like yeah i'll take it now i guess whatever no it's yeah i mean i guess it's like right and again with the cynical thing it's like 
it's clearly all like planned out to be funny, I guess. But I don't like giving him the benefit of the doubt. I want to be like, he's a prick because he's still he a prick. That's still the truth, he is. you know, that's still the truth. It's just also the truth that like, he's good at his job. This is his job. This is his job now. I know. And now that he doesn't have his like home, his home show, his home his home show? Oh, his home show. The flip, the like flipping show. Like he doesn't show. have. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh no, I didn't mean that. Flip I meant it with Disick? like. No, I meant like keeping up. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have like his home base. His, like his home show. It, that yeah. came out kind of weird because I was just kind of on the fly. But like he doesn't have his home show. I thought you meant flip it like Disick. No, I know. What is it called? I know. I know. I flip know. it like Disick. Uh, oh my yeah. god, because he doesn't have that show anymore. It was only one season long. <laughs> <laughs> it was only one season of flip it like disick <laughs> do you want to move on yeah well i also thought well we don't have to talk about I this do. perez hilton story the the amelia hamlin story where she talked about getting um breast reduction surgery was just like kind of wild well f- okay the, the wildest thing about it which is not even it is that this was a story she told on a podcast like months and months ago but nobody cared mm-hmm. but now that she's dating exactly. scott disick people were like going back to her media that she'd done and they were like oh here's a story that like we didn't care about before but now we find interesting which was that she had a nipple piercing that literally called an effect like caused an infection sorry skip forward if you're queasy it's caused an infection in her body and like gave her strep and they had to put the- pull the nipple ring out because it totally like fucked up her her boob it, ma- it makes and- me it makes me shiver i can't even think about yeah, it sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry it's so it was scary. more just it was more just interesting that people like went back to yeah yeah yeah. Can you name the podcast she was on? <laughs> no. Three months ago. What is it? No. Skinny Confidential, him and her. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Back in August, I'm quoting Press Hilton. Back in August, Amelia went on the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast <laughs> no. to discuss no. a breast reduction surgery. <laughs> the Skinny Confidential, I'm sorry, him and you her. You <laughs> didn't know about Skinny Confidential, him and her? I'm sorry. That was the name that we were going to give this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's so crazy that was literally the name we were going to give this podcast and we decided you know what it doesn't quite work it's not good <laughs> amelia remember you're going on the skinny confidential him and her today oh right <laughs> what are you going to talk about i guess my nipple piercing <laughs> i'm sorry but skinny confidential him and her is the funniest <laughs> name for a podcast <laughs> Sorry, that really took me by surprise. I wasn't in the dock. Okay. <laughs> they got more reviews. They probably have more listeners than we do. I hope that they do. I hope that they do with a name like that. Do you know their topics? Beauty, wellness, business, mindset, <laughs> mindset, resources, relationships, blogging tips and tricks. Is Those are like, their topics. Are they saying the skinny like that's this? We're giving you the skinny. We're yeah, giving you the are, skinny. We're giving you the skinny. <sighs> okay. Oh my God, we've talked about these people. I'm just realizing now. Okay, we can move on because I remember talking about this woman. Yes, we did. Lauren Bostick and Michael Bostick. We talked about them a little year ago. We have. I hate this. We got a lot of Grammys calls, so let's just do them all in a batch. Okay. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I just wanted to call to see if you guys would talk about Shamika Stepney of the song Shamika by Fiona Apple. Um, I'm sure you guys saw the Pitchfork article that came out this week about um, Fiona and her reuniting. Obviously, I think that Fiona Apple is a them. Uh, Shamika is obviously a who, but a them in the Fiona fandom, I would say. 
So if you would just talk about this really nice, touching story that actually has a nice ending, it would be nice to hear from you guys. Uh, crunch crunch women do belong balloons. So Shamika is the name of a Fiona Apple song from her album Fetch the Bolt Cutters, which everyone loved back in April, and then honestly people stopped talking about, but it is a very good album. And Shamika was the song about this girl, Shamika, that Fiona went to elementary school with, went to school with. And so the song's about this like she's dealing with bullies and everyone's mean to her but the person who's not mean to her is Shamika and they become friends and Shamika is nice to her and says you have potential and that's sort of like the gist of the song Mm -hmm. they are kind words that Fiona Apple never forgot and became this empowering memory for her Shamika said I have potential Shamika said I have potential Shamika said I have potential so Shamika is a real person and that is her name but it wasn't until this week last week that people kind of did the work and they found Shamika and now that there's, there's this like profile slash interview of Shamika Stepney on Pitchfork written by Jen Pelly mm-hmm. and it's sort of fascinating and I actually kind of like that it came later you know because because Fiona Apple, the conversation around Fiona Apple would have kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room. Well, it also came at the same time as uh, as the Grammys. Yeah. said Oscars. Grammys, which uh, this album is nominated for, Fiona's nominated for. So, like, the conversation of music and Fiona Apple is coming up again. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it is, like, it's good timing as well in terms of, yes, after the album came out, people were really curious about who Shamika was. Mm-hmm. But now people are curious again because we're talking about the song again, because we're talking about the album again. She talks about how she found out about Fiona's song she Fiona couldn't find Shamika, but she found their teacher, and then their teacher found Shamika, and so the f- card was sent via the teacher, and the card said, like, Shem- oh, Sh- Shamika, I hope this letter f- is finding you safe during quarantine. I had to write you because I don't know if you remember this girl, Fiona McGaffey. You told her not to listen to bullies and that she had potential. I just wanted to say thank you. I wanted to let you know that your prophetic words have turned into a beloved song titled Your Name. And Shamika's like, oh my god, I remember Fiona. That's amazing. You reading that just made me cry. <laughs> I just got choked up. You it's reading really that just got me And so what's actually sort of beautiful and cool about this whole thing is that Shamika's also a musician. Shamika has been making music for years. She raps under, what are her names, China Doll, but also Dollface. Yeah. Pitchfork has reached out to her and like started talking to her about her own music, which is very cool. I'm going to play some of her music here. What I also loved about this interview, so I I went back to it. Um, Again, this is by Jen Pally on Pitchfork. She's like talking about that school. And in Shamika's memory too, she's like, that school fucking sucked. Everyone was mean as hell. And she says in fifth grade, she took my damn uniform so I couldn't go to the gym. So I would fail. It was racism. As a little kid, I knew that me being from Harlem, being street smart as well as educated, having that edge. I knew exactly what was going on at that young age. I couldn't help but know. And she was like, everyone was mean to me at school. And so Fiona and this girl found each other because they were bullied. And she said, I used to complain to my parents. I hate that school. I don't want to go back. I couldn't stand it but it's like both of these women 
some of their formative memories were centered around trauma in this elementary school. It's just like really sad. But then they both turned out being musicians. Hi, Who Weekly. It's me again. I called like about 30 seconds ago. I'm, I hope you can hear me over my mask. Let me take it off really quick. I'm like away from people, so it's okay. So anyway, um, so I have like word vomit the last time I called. So I did check Best New Artist and it said that Chica was nominated. So first question, who is Chica? And then follow-up question, which one is more famous? Is it Chica, Best New Artist, or Chica the Chicken? Okay, that's, that was my question. Women don't belong in balloons. Bye. I'll begin by saying I have never heard of Chica the Chicken. I don't watch Sprout. I had to Google what Chica the Chicken is. I assume that if you have kids, Chica the Chicken is a them. But broadly, I'm going to call Chica the Chicken a who. Let's talk about the Grammy nominee for Best New Artist. Best New Artist was revealed. Chica is one of them, but Chica isn't the only who on the Best New Artist list, obviously, because that's the whole intent of the category. A weird thing about Best New Artist, which we haven't really gotten into before, is that it's sort of strange to look at this list because Doja Cat at this point, even more so than I would say Megan Thee Stallion, feels like she's been around a little longer. Obviously, she's not as famous as Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah. But the same thing can be said about Noah Cyrus, too. We've been hearing from her for like a number of years. So I was like... And Phoebe Bridgers feels like a breakout of this year. Like yeah. more so than... I mean, maybe along the same Megan, lines as Megan. Megan feels like a big breakout, too. Like it seems like Megan's yes. the shoe in here. But right. And a lot of these people feel almost too new in comparison to Megan the Stallion. The best thing about this list is that there are people on here that I've never heard of. Yeah. And like the idea, like it is supposed to be like new artists, best new artists. But the way that the Grammys does it is sometimes somebody who's been around wins it and you're like, okay, well, not quite new, but I guess new to like the Grammys world and the world of charting and whatever. But then you're set in the mindset that it shouldn't be people we haven't heard of when really it should be people we haven't heard of. So when you have like D Smoke and, you know, you have Chica, who you just mentioned, and you have Ingrid Andress, people I've never heard of. Never right? heard of Ingrid. Like, a literal country person that I haven't heard of. Not that that's surprising, but I'm just saying like that to me is what the are it's supposed to be that that's kind why, of. and that's why it's a fun that's why it's maybe the best it's one of the it's the best it's one of the best categories it's the best category and i don't even care who wins but i will say do a leap of one and then had and now is nominated year. for album of the year so it's like sometimes it's a curse and for Dua Lipa, it turned out not to be a curse at all so hey you know which we can get this out of the way really quickly but as the weekend has been pointing out on twitter the grammys are a scam like, there's so much back, literal backroom dealing happening. Oh, there's it's such a scam. I mean, did you hear, so The Weeknd got uh, totally snubbed, like, Zero no nominations. nominations. Zero. And not like I'm a huge Weeknd fan, but the dude had, like, a huge album, so many singles, is performing at the Super Bowl, did perform at every award show. Um, apparently, he wrote, and then TMZ kind of found out that because the Grammys and Super Bowl are on the same weekend, because he can't perform on the Grammys or, or won't doesn't want to do it he got shut out from the process which was literally last year when they fired that woman who then came out and said hey the grammys are a fucking scam you fire me the grammys are a scam 
it probably took many weeks for him to decide whether or not he wanted to perform at the Super Bowl. And while he was making that decision, of course, conversations with Grammys people are happening because he's one of the biggest stars in the country. And so they were like, according to him, they said, if you do the Super Bowl, you are not going to you are going to be cut out of the Grammys. And he mm-hmm. did the calculus and said, fuck it, I'm going to do the Super Bowl. It's higher profile. And the Grammys cut him out just like they said they would. But it doesn't seem like they expected him to explain why that happened. And he was right. like, fuck you. Right. I'm going to tell everyone. And I don't doubt a fucking letter of it. I don't doubt a word right. of it. That is what happened. No, I don't either. I don't either. Do you want to go through each of these people and kind of just give like a thing? Like, yeah, I actually don't know a lot a about them, but we did we did a little research. And I'll play, but... I'll play a little song from each of them, too. But before we Ooh. do, I did. I was thinking like. How does this work? Because like I was saying, like some of these people feel like they've been around too long to be nominated. And that is often the case. So I was like, what are the rules? And there are three rules. I'm on the the Grammys official website. The guidelines for new artists, it says uh, the previous best new artist rules have just been amended. So they were amended. I think this was in 2016. And it says uh, bullet point one, they must have released a minimum of five singles and tracks or one album but no more than 30 singles or tracks or three albums. So you have to have fewer than three and one or more. Okay, so that makes sense because like if your first, if your debut or sophomore album blew up, then you're more popular. But if you're kind of been around for a while and you kind of flopped or you're kind of going a slow, you're slow grow, Mm -hmm. then it might take you three to get there. Right, because like Megan The Stallion just released her first album. Just, just. That's crazy. I know, like last Friday. So then, then the next bullet is may not have entered in this category more than three. Three times so More than you can submit times. you can submit yourself up to three right. times which explains yeah, a lot of it don't forget the grammys are self-submitted so when what you see are people who didn't submit this year um cardi cardi yeah cardi didn't submit the reason why you don't see wap on any of these lists i mean i think the re- you know i think it should be there but like because cardi mm-hmm. didn't submit so mm-hmm. that says something you know like it costs money to submit and record labels usually do it on your behalf so you know the third bullet point is must have achieved a breakthrough into the public consciousness and impacted the musical landscape during eligibility period, which is very, like, very subjective. That's sort of like the uh, interpret this as you will breakthrough into the public consciousness because it doesn't necessarily seem like this one country person did, Ingrid, but... Whatever. But it's weird because, like, maybe she did within, like, country music and, like, we're just not as integrated yeah. into country music. Like, I listen to it, but, like, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, a huge, huge – I don't know. I would have to ask somebody who really listens mm-hmm. to country music. Like, do you do you know who this person is or, like, are they on the peripheral, you know? So let's, let's start with her. Ingrid Andress, she's the only country artist in this list. She's from Michigan. She's 29 years old, which actually – makes her pretty old for this category. Um, I remember we were talking about Yola last year, but didn't actually become stands of until a few months later. And I still, that's probably going to go down as one of my most listened to albums this year on Spotify. Um, But the reason I brought up Yola was because she was, she skewed older too for her category. I think she was like 33, 34, 35 when she was nominated. And that's old for this category. But I digress. Ingrid Andress is brand new and her album which is really fucking sad it came out right in the middle like in march like the worst possible time the worst time in her interview with billboard about her nominations she spends a lot of the time just talking about megan and she says megan's had a massive year i just feel like because of quarantine and stuff it doesn't feel like i'm known to even see my name with hers i'm like that is dope i'm obsessed with her wap was a massive Mm -hmm. song i listen to it all the time so the fact that i will be in her presence is pretty mind-blowing to me i'll play one of her songs here if i bring you home to my 
Except Phoebe Bridgers, who is not We've Phoebe talked about. We don't have to yeah. go into her. You know who she is if you listen to this podcast, but also I feel like you know who she is if, if you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Did <laughs> if you, you see, are a listener to this podcast. Yeah. There's a, there was like a viral tweet. I love the Who Weekly Twitter She's feed so because funny. it's just so funny. And there was a viral tweet that was like, Phoebe Bridgers, we will not forget that you flew to Ireland in the middle of pandemic <laughs> and quarantine to have sex with Paul Mescal for a week and then flew back home. We will not forget. She's chaos. That's why she's so compelling. She's she is like, chaos. She's full chaos. She is full chaotic energy. But then when you hear your, her music, you're like, what? Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> uh, then there's Chica, who is a rapper from Alabama. She's 23. She's pretty young. She's bi, which I love. She released. <laughs> OK. <laughs> no, I love. She did a tiny desk also at the beginning of March. Yeah. And I'm going to play a clip from that because I uh, her her EP is really, 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 really good. She has an incredible voice. So she she raps, but she also has like a really good singing voice. This tiny desk is amazing. She has like background singers. The room is filled. Like, you know, you love it when the tiny desk room is like full up. And this is very full. It's very good. I'll play it. Oh my God. Here. Her tiny desk. It's like crowded. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I met Hove last week. That shit was hella cool. Diddy introduced me as best of the new school. Not too shabby for an Alabama bitch for getting rich. I got respect from heavy hitters and did it without a disc. Now I came to deliver. I'm off of Twitter. And in your speakers, we gon' see who really fucking with her. Man, I can't wait to see the jaws drop collectively. When these songs drop, notorious with the art pop on hell of a picture. And I know. Then there's Noah Cyrus. Noah Cyrus. Who, this is a this is crazy to me. This is one of the weirdest ones to me because I feel like yeah, I understand that she meets all the guidelines here because of, of the album stuff and the number of times she'd submitted, but I feel like Noah's been around as long as Miley, even though she's practically a baby. Like But, but she has because it's like in the culture we're always like Noah Cyrus, but she her music career I will say more recently than not, kind of in the took past a, two a, years, a spin to be a little bit more impressive than I would say that it was before. She actually has a nice voice, uh, and we knew, and she's got some good songs, and she's done some interesting collaborations. Like again, like I'm not. It's just funny. It's just funny that she's here. <laughs> like, but like she's here. Like her her music is not for me. But no. like, she also has a song with Jimmy <laughs> Allen. Like she has a country song. She mm -hmm. has like. She has a song with her sister. She did like that duet with on there when they did that live performance, like which I think might be her original song. But like the point is, is like she's out here doing literally everything. Like she's like all over the place, and I think uh -huh. it's working. That's working, you know. Yeah. What's the trick? I wish I knew. I'm so done with thinking through all the things I could have been, and I know you wanted to. All it takes is that one look you do, and I run right back to you. You cross the line. And it's time to say F you. Next up, we have D Smoke, who is another rapper. He's from Inglewood. He has probably the most interesting background and the most fun background because he, he was a Spanish teacher at a public school. And then he went on Rhythm and Flow. 
that Netflix show that was really, really good. He won Rhythm and Flow. So he was the winner of the Cardi B sort of like American Idol for hip hop. That's so, that's like amazing that that really speaks to that show. Mm -hmm. Like when's the last time you saw like a voice or like American Idol or like whatever person kind of like out here on this list or whatever. He's really good. I'm just saying like that's, that's a show that like people liked and gave somebody the light to, you know, the, the glow up. The mm-hmm. help to push them to this direction. That's cool. Yeah. And then I'll play a clip of his song here. I think I'll play the yeah. one that Snoop Snoop is featured in it. It's really, really good. And also pay attention to the fact that part of it is in Spanish because he was a Spanish teacher. Super mitos, rico, jugando ese juego with the chico. La salud es llave, vengo de grave principios. Hidrando my body, wake up and throw back a Zico. Hop up in the morning, get a waffle at the Roscoe's on Manchester. I ain't gotta hit the pico. Aunque soy sano, no puedo decirlo de mis hermanos. Si andan tirados, turn you into chorizo. We go, stupid man, it's ludicrous. And then Doja Cat, Doja. who's another you, duh. You have to play the clip of her performing her songs, but like heavy metal version of her songs at the EMAs. Mm-hmm. She Love has those EMAs. Been, I went from like not necessarily caring about Doja Cat at all, really, aside from her drama, to being like, this girl's incredible. She's done so many good live performances recently throughout this whole mess. Like somehow each time she's like pulled out and she's doing the same like three songs, you know, like she's got <laughs> like... She's performing the same songs over and over again, but she's like kind of changing it up in such creative and interesting mm-hmm. ways that it's like, I, lo- I love her. I think yeah. she's great. Next up, we have Ketranada, who was new to me. I had never heard of him. He is a DJ. It's sort of like Afrobeat, but it's very housey too. It's just like, it's good. It's cool. He broke out because he literally made a like a remix of Janet Jackson's If, and it was like, inc- it's incredible. So like, he's gay and Canadian, and he made B- Barack Obama's favorite music list, which everybody freaked out about 2019. Mm-hmm. He's the only Canadian. He was like Canadian to make Barack Obama's 2019 list of favorite music. Yeah, I don't know a lot where of queer people that. in here. This is fun. Yeah, and he's really good. And he's really cute. Lindsay has a crush on Kate Renata. I, I kind of do. And then, obviously, the woman whose category this is to lose, Megan Thee Stallion, it seems impossible to imagine a scenario in which she does not win. I mean, I I think this this category can be a real throw up. Like, Mm -hmm. Phoebe Bridgers could take this from her. And I'm just saying that because she feels like a Grammys artist. And, like, I hate to say it, like, the Grammys, you know, they suck. Like, they're just like, they fucking suck. They Mm -hmm. do that shit, right? You know? I love my Helix mattress. I love my Helix pillow. What else is there to say about Helix? I freaking love it. <laughs> when I sleep on say? other beds, what is there I else get to mad. say is that I come back to my bed and I'm like, this is the bed. This is the bed. And it's honestly spoiled me for other beds. And I don't like traveling sometimes because I'm like, this is not my bed. Where's my bed? I want I've my bed. It, I've made it. It's, it's my special bed. It's my special mattress because it is a mattress that is made for my body. Mm-hmm. I took the Helix quiz. It told me which Helix mattress to get, and that's the one I got, and that's the one that I love, and that's yes. the one that I will not stop mm-hmm. using because it's the best mattress I've ever slept on. Mm-hmm. The mattress is so good 
that when we got it, my cat Winston became obsessed with it. And now he's on it all the time. And I'm no like, way. you have to move because no I way. need to sleep on the bed. It's my bed. It's not your bed. Wow. He's obsessed with it. It's wow. irritating, actually. Wow. He likes okay. the helix rude. so much. It's so rude. Everybody is unique. And I mean, everybody, two words, because everyone sleeps differently. Their bodies are different. And that's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific seat positions and feel preferences. I'm a side sleeper slash stomach sleeper. Some people are back sleepers. Some people are exclusively side sleepers. There's a Helix mattress for all of you. Not only is the Helix the best mattress I've ever slept on, the setup was fast and easy. Their mattresses are delivered in a box and straight to your door. You just open it up and it like kind of like blows back up after it comes out of the plastic and you put it on your bed and it's amazing. Plus, Helix mattresses all come with a 10 or 15 year warranty depending on the model. And if you don't want to take our word for it, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash who. That's helixsleep.com slash who. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Uh, I'm calling because... So I've been getting a, an ad uh, when I'm watching Hulu multiple times today where it's Marion Cotillard in a perfume commercial for Chanel Number no. 5. Um, and at first I was like, whatever, I'm not even paying attention to this. And then this most recent time that I got it, I was like, wait, Marion Cotillard is in the, like, in the commercial, she goes and dances on the moon with some random guy. And I guess it's about perfume because what is a perfume commercial? But does Marion Cotillard even believe in the moon? Like, she's, a conspiracy theorist, isn't she? And, like, I don't know what conspiracy theory she believes in, but, like, I just feel like she doesn't believe in the moon, so I'm confused why she's appearing in a perfume commercial with it. Uh So, I don't know, does Marion Cotillard believe in the moon? Uh Good form, bell thorn, crunch, crunch. Bye. I... <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. You hit the moon on the crater. This commercial has been inundating my <laughs> the television moon? viewing for weeks as well. And every and I've been texting some of my friends about it. And I'm just like, this is so fucking funny. And like, do you think that the person who like cast her in this like is in no, on it? Like they no, knew that she's absolutely not. Because it just it feels like a personal hit. Absolutely where it's like, not. Let's get like this woman doesn't believe in the moon. Let's get that scooter to dance on the moon. Like, does she know she signed up for this? And it's such a joke in in my own household because whenever it comes on HGTV, so every time I'm watching HGTV, it's one of the like six commercials that airs in every commercial break. And every time it starts, Josh is like, no, not this again, because it's not only Marion Cotillard dancing on the moon, <laughs> on the moon, she's dancing to a rendition of Lord's team, but she is singing team. <laughs> Can you play it? <laughs> it's the most kitchen sink concept listen i when i heard this i freaked out i mean i didn't even need to see it but like call all the ladies out they're in their finery a hundred shows on thoughts a hundred shows between teeth now bring my boys in their skin and craters like the moon the moon we love like a brother only glows through the room we live in cds you'll never see on screen Thank you.
So they're on the moon dancing the Lord's team that Marion herself is singing. To answer your question, does Marion Cotillard believe in the moon? I'm pretty sure she believes no. in the moon. What she doesn't believe in or isn't certain of is that a man walked there. But that doesn't help her case because in this commercial, she's she's dancing on the moon. <laughs> so, she, so she was interviewed very iconically. True heads know that in 2007, True at the height of know. like Marion Cotillard is here, baby, she was interviewed by a French newspaper because I think the original interview was in France in French and sorry this is a I with just thinking about it she probably said this in French because it's it's like kind of like she almost certainly said it in French but she still said it and now we said it so it says did a man really (laughs) walk did a man did a man really walk on the moon oh my Um, god no I saw plenty of documentaries on it and I really wondered and in any case I don't believe all they tell me that's for sure I don't care what, like, the particulars of her belief are. If you are out here saying, did we land on the moon? We have a problem here. Like, I don't need to know more details. If you're already the type of person who's questioning it, like, you're a truther, right? Right. Yeah, so Marion Cotillard questions the validity of the moon landing video. She doesn't know. She's not sure. She saw plenty of documentaries on it, and she really wondered. And in any case, I don't believe all they tell me. That's for okay. sure. <laughs> okay, you have to stop doing that. I'm like picturing her on the fake moon set dancing to Lord and like drinking coffee at craft services, being like, I think this is the place where they filmed the one where yes! Neil Armstrong walked to, right? Am I right? She... Ha, ha, ha. And then they're like, Marion, don't make jokes like that. And she's like, she... oh. 100% believes that where she filmed this ad is where they filmed the original moon landing. 100%. That is that is it. That's it. Look, I'm Neil. Oh. <laughs> oh, now they're going to say I walked on the moon. <laughs> one small step for man, one giant leap for Marion. For Marion. Okay, we can't do that. <laughs> Let's play Who Are Them. We'll just do a few. Hi, y'all. Not to make things too divisive or too meta, but here I am calling. I'm just sitting here wondering, out of the two of you, the hosts of this podcast, if there had to be a who, who's whoier? I think I personally know who has the whoier behavior, but I'm assuming that the two of you, with a much more intimate knowledge of one another, might be able to agree on this. Um, okay, Scarjo, yummy. I cannot believe you're trying to cause drama. I love, I mean, I love, I think one of the things whenever you listen to, because I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm like, ooh, there's drama between XYZ. There's drama between this host and this host. I'm sure people say it about us. Yeah. They must, right? So here's just proof that people are like, I wonder if there's drama between Lindsay and Bobby. Like, that's part of the fun well, of listening not like, to podcasts. He's not like wondering if there's drama. He's like causing drama, actively causing drama. Yeah, no, like he's an agent of chaos. We got Phoebe Bridges out here calling in the Who Weekly saying uh, like, who's who here? Yeah, yeah. I, I have an answer because I don't. I mean, I have an answer I too. have an answer, but it's a joke. No, I have an answer. One, two, three, Lindsay. me. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsay's it's me. <laughs> it's clearly me. And you know I am... why? I told Lindsay this yesterday and she lost her mind. because <laughs> I had a virtual reality I said, reality Lindsay, talk you're show. the whoiest because you had a virtual reality talk show. I did. There's nothing I had here. a briefly lived virtual reality talk show <laughs> at Slate.com. I'm telling you, it was not as brief as you would think. 
when Lindsay said, I'm going to do a virtual reality talk show for Slate, I was like, for a week? No, it was months. And then she'd say, oh, no. and then you'd say, they renewed my contract. I'm doing another season of the virtual reality talk show for Facebook. And I was like, they what? I got season two. You got two seasons of a virtual reality okay. talk show. Oh, sorry. I can't record. Can we record early today? Because I have to go into the studio to uh, to get in virtual reality with Will I Am. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> but also, I have to say, I think I'm hooier because I'm a little bit more shameless than you. Shameless? Yeah. I think I'm a little bit more shameless than my, you. My interpretation of shameless is you're better at emails. <laughs> <laughs> you're just better oh, at so sending much, emails oh my god i'm so much better at emails than you that's not even a competition it's like literally like i could, so I could send one a day and be better at emails yeah i'm better at emails than you. That's true. <laughs> but i don't think being better at emails is like a thing no but, but i mean i think sig- it's just like you but it is significant <laughs> but it's like weird it's like you're more uptight but i'm more type a like i don't know how that works usually those go hand in hand but for us it doesn't for us it doesn't does that make sense maybe that's why it works yeah Maybe that's why yeah. we've been doing this for five years and have, <laughs> have only... And all these... And guess how many emails you've sent? Like four? Four? Four emails? <laughs> I think you're who we are. And I also think this caller wanted to start some drama, which is totally fine. <laughs> yeah, look at you. You started drama. Bobby will never send an email again. It's been pointed out. This is not new. I also do really think... Like if I'm if I'm examining myself honestly, like sometimes you find yourself wondering, like, what are people reading into things? Like they must be reading it. And like whenever people notice that you were sick, even though you weren't saying anything, and we were trying to edit out coughs, people still notice it anyway. People notice everything. It's such an intimate. Yeah. It's such an intimate thing. Like I certainly listen to podcasts where no, you like sense you things. No, like you hear a dynamic. And you extrapolate. Course, yeah. It's it's fun. Yeah, totally. So thank you for yeah. calling. Next to them, I love this one. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I only ever call you guys with very deranged voicemails. Um, so here's another one. I was playing Mario Party with my roommates a couple nights ago, and uh, one of my roommates asserted that Waluigi was a who, which I think is pretty accurate. Um, but I was, it made me think, like, who are the who's and them's of the Mario universe? Like, Obviously, like, Waluigi is probably a who or maybe a man with who tendencies. Um, but, like, I guess, like, Rosalina is probably a who. Like, I feel like Nintendo keeps trying to make her happen and she doesn't happen. Um, and I feel like all of Bowser's kids are definitely who's. But other than that, I'm not really sure. Um, so I thought I'd pose this extremely silly question to you and see what y'all think. Um, okay. Love you. Me inside. Bye. This is interesting because there are a lot of there are a lot of characters. There's so in many the Mario franchise. Like there's like hundred. I'm gonna think least. of like the cast of the of Mario Kart because we both have Mario Kart, so we're both familiar with the people on Mario Kart. Mario Party has a sort of pared down people, but there's a lot of overlap. I just think like the main guys, the main people are Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Bowser, and Yoshi. Those are the those are the those are the those are them. Would you, Mario, say, say that again? Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Bowser, and Yoshi. Okay, you did say Bowser. Okay. Everyone else is a who. And I think everyone else is kind of a who, except for maybe other people who've had their own games, aka Donkey Kong, I think is a them. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong is and the I only other think, one. Right, right, right. 
and I think maybe Wario, but Wario is mad no. hooey. Like he's kind of a hoo. I think like, that Wario and Waluigi are hoos. I think even though Wario is the more yeah. famous yeah. of the yeah. evil I brothers, agree. they're I both hoos. I agree. I they're agree. He's those. so hooey. Yeah. It's like But I think that's kind of it. Like I think that's like really the kind of main the the big ones, right? Like the especially this person called it about Rosalina, whom I hate. I hate Rosalina. You hate Rosalina? I hate Rosalina. I like Peach. But like Rosalina, Daisy, who are these people? I do not understand. Do you know who I love now? Who? My new favorite love is Pauline. Have you encountered Pauline yet? Wait, Pauline? <laughs> Pauline is the mayor in of New Donk City in Mario <laughs> Odyssey. The one who sings? Yeah, and she's like, do 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 do. I'm the mayor, and you're like, what? And you're but like, who the fuck a, is Pauline? And a, but apparently, Hart, Pauline, no, but Pauline goes back like really, like Pauline is like from Donkey Kong, like the original Donkey Kong. Oh, is she the woman and then who's she's been being in so saved? Many things. Is she the person yeah. who's like being is being held by? Yes. Yeah. She's the original damsel in distress Pauline. of Donkey Kong. I did not know that. Yes. And then she became the mayor of New Donk City in Mario <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah, she's not in Mario Kart, so I guess that doesn't count. But, like, I love Pauline. She also has brown hair like our friend, your friend, Pauline. Pauline. I just love the idea of, a Paul, of like, there being, like, Yoshi, Bowser, Toad, Rosalina, Pauline. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm Pauline. It is like, it's like Yoshi, Bowser, Toad, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like if just a random woman was there, you know, and it's Pauline. Anyway, they're all who's apart from Lindsay. Say the list again because you did a really good job. Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Toad. That's it. Oh, and Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong. And But then Donkey Kong, yeah. Okay, Um, next call. Hi. Um, I'm so sorry. I I can't remember if I have already called about this. I am... uh, sick with the flu, not COVID. Don't worry, I'm okay. Um, but I was wondering, is Dave Chang the chef, a who or a them? Because to me, he's a definite them. I love him. Um, love everything about him. But I'm not sure if he's like, a Zemi chef or a Hui chef. Um, yeah, that was my question. Um, good for both. David Chang, who are them? Um, founder of Momofuku, right? That's like the main yeah. thing, David Chang. David Chang, yeah. who are them? One, two, three, them. them. I'm, I, I think he's, I think kind he's fully of, of them. He, He's on like four TV shows at this point, yeah. you know. If it were just Momofuku, I would be like, "Oh, niche. He's a chef them broader who." But he's like, but he definitely is a All chef them, but I think shows. he's also broader them. And I think yeah. that and I think that the um the loss of Anthony Bourdain has left kind of a gaping hole in the like TV food universe where it's like a lot of people sure. are sort of gunning for that spot you got Padma, you got David Chang, you have a lot of people who are like trying to be the next like big 
TV foodie them. But also just like the, not even that, just like what Bourdain left, which was kind of like, he was almost the like Hunter Thompson of chefs. Like he was like the traveling literary kind of like smart guy. You know what I mean? He had, he had a specific type of person, of chef personality that I think a lot of people are trying to mimic. David Chang has that exact same vibe. Padma doesn't quite. Yeah, kind of a bad boy. Yeah. Kind of a bad boy thing. Not, it's not necessarily a good thing, but uh, in terms of being kind of like this bad boy out of the box chef, uh, David Chang has that reputation yeah. as well. Um, totally them. Next call. Hi, Weekly. Um, I was just thinking um, the who's and them's of Thanksgiving, and I feel like green bean casserole is a big who, but I love it, and I am always surprised when people don't want, you know, a bunch of like onion strings on top of their green beans. But um, just wanted to put that out there. Maybe we can name some other who's and them's of Thanksgiving. Crescent rolls um, over by where I am are definitely a them. Um, maybe grands as well. Um, but yeah, just wanted to put that out there. Queen <clears throat> Excuse me. Green bean casserole. I think it's a who. Do you agree? Love you guys. Crunch, crunch. Green bean casserole. Who are them? One, two, three. Them. Them. But regional. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because this is all regional. Yeah. It's like Thanksgiving. There's no like standard. I feel like the standards are like turkey stuffing, cranberry. Uh, I don't even think stuffing is standard. I think Mashed it, potatoes. I think that even really? stuffing is regional because growing up, it was always dressing. It was cornbread dressing. Turkey, cranberry, mashed potatoes are standard, right? And then everything else is up for debate. Yeah. And again, even mashed potatoes, like potato, sure, potato. But <laughs> uh, we always had sweet potatoes growing up. Like we yeah, never so had we regular potatoes. we always did mashed potatoes. Right. Yeah. And we never did. My family never did like the marshmallow thing. Oh, like, we, we did, did like, the marshmallow things. thing, Right. But that's honey. like Southern. That's Southern. Yeah. Like that's Southern. The Jello yeah. salad with but, like, cottage cheese. We are, we've already done an Never did this, that. Yeah. Never did that. Although I will say I introduced green bean casserole to our family. That was not part of our tradition. I introduced it last year and it's a staple now. Yeah. We like it. Although not this year because again, we're not celebrating Thanksgiving this year or I'm not going home. So this year they're going to have to live without it because no one else can make it. That's my only thing I can make. Yeah. They can't make it. So, but, but it, you know, it's one of those things where that wasn't a standard for us. And I guess now it is. And do you know why I'm willing to, this is the, this is the last thing I'll say before ending the episode. The reason I'm really willing to call green bean casserole of them. Why? Because of this fun fact that they, people talk about every fucking year. Uh-huh. 50% of Campbell's cream of mushroom soup sales happen in November and December because of green bean casserole. 50% really? of their cream of mushroom soup is sold in like essentially one month out of the year. That's not surprising. Yeah. And also like, it, yeah, I mean, it's like a full, yeah. No, People are making green bean casserole and it was say, created it, by, it, it's a Campbell's it's, invention, you know, it's a Campbell's invention. Well, the reason why I like it so much to really to really show why it is important to me now that I've made it that one time for Thanksgiving, it's incredible leftover. I mean, I feel like Thanksgiving food is engineered to be leftovers. Yeah. You know, yeah. like not all food is good leftover, but but Thanksgiving food is iconic leftover and green bean casserole is iconic leftover. It's all like carbs soaked in goop. And so it's like gonna be And then be you okay add cranberry plate. to it and it adds that like little bit of like brightness and you're like, oh, healthy. Oh, it's, mm -hmm. oh, it's healthy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, I sliced this cranberry jello out of the can. You want the ridges. You want the ridges. That was a that was a lesson I had to learn, which is cranberry sauce is not good homemade. Sorry, none of your recipes are good. It's the can is the best, and don't even try and fuck with that. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, no thanks. Oh, I no thanks. Sweetie. I'm not I'm not eating cranberry sauce because I want a bitter fruit. No. Yeah. No. No, uh, sweetie. Give me the ocean spray, please. Give me four ridges of ocean spray cranberry sauce, please. We're done. Thank you for listening. Uh, hope you had a good holiday despite it being a nightmare this year. Hope you found a way to pass the time. Maybe you can watch Happiest Season on Hulu. Watch it with us on our Patreon because we did a little fun watch along for the most recent episode of our Patreon, which you can subscribe at at patreon.com slash weekly. Also, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We've been getting great reviews on Apple Podcasts. Someone left a review that said, five stars, love you so much. Please stop hooing inanimate objects. Guess what? We just did it again. <laughs> We're not going to stop. Wait, people love when we do that. What the fuck? This is just a caller, you know, providing their own commentary, which I appreciate. I am accepting hey, well, that criticism. I'm not going to make any changes because I love hooing inanimate objects. I think that adds a little color to the show. But again, I love the feedback. Call in at 619-WHO-THEM if you want to leave questions, comments, and concerns. And have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. Tanache surprise released a holiday album. Available tonight at midnight. Crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, I had to pause the pod. Uh, you were just talking about whether a pan can be iconic. And I think the obvious answer is the Le Creuset Dutch oven. Um, that's obvious. I'd say non-obvious is that brownie pan that has little dividers in it so that every brownie is a corner piece. But it's the Lake Crusade Dutch oven. Women do belong in blue. Sorry to this pan. Bye. Hi, I am watching a soccer game and just randomly was wondering, are there any updates on Kyle Martino and Eva Amuri Martino? I feel like it's been a while since we've heard about them. XOXO. Live in La Vida Apple Watch. I love you guys so much, but it's Margot Robbie. Not Roby, Robbie. Unless it's some kind of troll thing that I've missed on an episode and you guys have decidedly decided that you are never going to pronounce it correctly. Margot Robbie.